Father, I thank you for hot. I thank you for your kingdom, God. I thank you for what you're doing, Father God. I thank you for everything. I thank you for the Holy Spirit that's changing us from the inside out, that's transforming us, that's making us strong, that's giving us the truth to abide in our mind, that's renewing our mind, God. Many doctrines that are blowing, distracting us, winds coming from the north, south, east, and west, and even from northwest and southwest and west, east, and wherever. West, east is impossible, wind, but believe me, it looks impossible, the things that are trying to come, but they're coming. And it seems like they're coming more. You would think more that God's laying out the truth and the power of God that people would be running to repentance, but they're running away. They're running away because of the spirit of the age. The spirit of the world that's has their heart, has their affection. And the devil wants to grip us in here every day in that, and people that are, are in the truth. Because of the doctrines, we believe that it's okay. But if we have a pure doctrine, we know what is right and what is wrong. Today's message, I'm call, it's called, I Want Profit. Everybody say, I want profit. I want profit. Good, you're trusting me. Because many would say, profit... We have false prophets that are prophets for profit. But I want profit, and I'm a, I'm a prophet, and I want profit. But not the profit that they talk about, the profit that God wants me to have. 1 Corinthians 13. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, and I have not love, I become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Though I have all the gifts of prophecy, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And though I have faith that can remove a mountain or mountains and have not love, I am nothing. Though I bestow all, my, all of my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, there you go. Right there you see give to the poor. So there's acts of... The false love church do. Now we, 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 we go to the orphan widow. So what? Many people go to the orphan widow because they want people to know what they're doing. But it's not for God because it's for themselves. Many people do a lot of things in the church, but it's not for love. I'm going to show you in the scripture. We can do way less and be more in love with God than doing a lot more for ourselves. He's talking about prophecies here. If you, can, if you know all what the scriptures mean and are illuminated and what the real meaning is and you hear from God and all that, but you don't have love, what does he say? It's nothing. It's nothing. So we can know everything that the Bible means, have all this revelation of truth, but if we don't have love, we have, it's nothing. So, we have faith, he says. I mean, you can go lay hands and people get healed left and right and you don't have love, it's nothing. For you, God might save them. God might show His glory to them, but it's nothing for you. It's not, gonna, it's not putting any, any treasure in your, or your heavenly account for you. All the knowledge. People are loving and love with knowledge today too. That's nothing. Nothing. You give everything away for the poor. 
the pauper spirit, the religious spirit. It's nothing without love. Because without love, that's all you are is religious. Here's a big sacrifice. Your body to be, be burned and have not love. Why do you say so? Many will say, well, 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 Jesus said, lay down your life. For, but what is the purpose of laying down your life is what it is. It isn't just the act of because other religions blow themselves up, kill themselves for the, for the name of their religion. That's sacrificing, right? And their own demonic, demoralized mind, they're saying, I sacrificed my life for my religion, for my God. But what is, I'm going to show you later, what was their reason? Love suffers long and is kind. Envy, it's not jealous. Love is not prideful and doesn't, puff up itself doesn't have to how many people you know when they guys always they they have a testimony even people come up here all the time when they're so full of pride it's like yeah they're giving the testimony but everything's about them and we had that and everybody's stomach starts to turn because it's like we go on a mission trip and they come and the testimony is about what god did and if you were part of it great but it's more like god told me this and then i saw this person then i then i then i and you're like oh my god you can just say what he did, because if it's really you, then it really wasn't God, but it was God, but you were trying to take the glory. And then those are the same people that say, oh, but God be the glory, because it's a spirit. The same ones do that all the time. Because people and religion are faked out by false Christ and false people like that. God be the glory, because they're jealous of people that are really moving in the glory. So they have to testify about themselves. Because the glory testifies of, of who you are by walking in the glory. We're either being changed from glory to glory or we're not in the glory. So if we're not changing, you're not part of love. So he says this, Does not itself unseemingly, seeketh not its own, is not easily provoked, thinks no evil, rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. There's Christians out there so rejoicing in false prophets and everything that they, I got one, I found another one. That's all they do all day long is they call themselves heresy hunters, but all they do, all they are is workers for Satan. Because if all you're doing is looking for the bad in everywhere, let the Holy Spirit show you what's bad and avoid it and preach the gospel. And warn people in a, in a way, but if you're preaching the gospel, the gospel will show them. The Holy Spirit will show them they showed you. Are you special? But then they think they're this special thing and all of a sudden they break out of, the, of love and they end up being heretics in their own little cultish dominion. There is so much division in the body of Christ. There's so much dissension about different things. But when everyone's in the Spirit, you can get ten denominations in one place. Once the Spirit comes out, everyone forgets about all that because they're not walking in the Spirit when they leave. But you can come together. It's only the Spirit that brings us together. That's the main thing everyone should be focused on is walking in the Spirit. Because if you're walking in the Spirit, the Spirit will guide you in all truth. And eventually, if you're wrong, but people are so full of pride, they have to prove themselves. And they waste their whole day proving their point. Even if they're right or wrong, it's still not love. And that's what's going on so much right now about once saved, always saved doctrines, which, you know, 
Scripture shows what that really is. And being raptured out of here, the escape thing, so much division with just those two things, there's no unity in the whole body of Christ. And many of them both are Christians. Many have been deceived by doctrines of demons by other people and believed it. Because nobody wants to think you're going to have to face anything. But the Bible says we're going to face all kinds of persecution. And we're going to be here. And they're going to they're going to bring us to the sword. And they're going to be led in captivity. And a witness is a martyr anyway. So it's like we need to be prepared for what is to come. So when something's false, if you believe something that's not really accurate to the word, it's a big deal. But if you live your whole day to try to prove your point on what is real and not, it's still not. Because you're throwing your pearl to everybody just because of you. And it starts fights and all kinds of things. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but beareth all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. How come so many are failing? Because of love, lack of love. They're not walking in love. They don't know what real love is. They've been told by some church in California or somewhere else what love is, and it's just a bunch of sloppy affection that's not even real. Because if you go follow them home, they're so worldly, and they're so in love with the world, you can't be in love with the cross and be in love with the world at the same time. It's called confusion and delusion. And you become, and it is an illusion, and you become deluded and deceived. Even the very elect will be deceived if, if the days were not short. And that's how much deception is out there. So if we're in love, we won't be deceived. For we know in part and prophesy in part. And it says this, Love never fails. Whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there shall be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there will be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away with. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see, though a glass darkly, but face to face, now I know in part, but then I shall know even as I am fully known. And now abideth faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So what is he saying? Paul is saying. Well, Paul knew about everything that he had to go for it, through, and he knew what Jesus did. And if you look at the cross, you see the perfect example of love. The God Himself came in the form of man and died for us. The Bible says, What greater love is one that lays down His life for His friends? Well, we have this earthly life, and God wants us to lay it down every minute of the day sometimes. But we just do, when we have our own agenda, that's not love. And all we do, and it says, if we do not have love, it profits us nothing. This message about, I want profit. So we need to want love. And we need to know what love is. How many know you can think you know what love is, and then you realize all the time that wasn't even really love? Because the world has all the definitions of love. But the only real definition of love comes from God, because God's Bible is the definition of all things. It doesn't matter what the world produced out of their own dictionary. I don't care. Webster's dead. And whatever he made up doesn't matter. Words get changed all the time. New words come in. And man wants to make their interpretation because they make it out of their carnal mind. 
And we can pull up those scriptures all the time. A lot of them have all the synonyms of all those things. And it's good to uh, open our minds to what things are. But God says what love is by demonstration. Right? By demonstration. He said what greater love before he even went to the cross. Because he knew what. He said, how am I going to let the world know how much I love them? Well, God's perfect. He's the smartest Create, I mean, I can't even, you can't even go there with that. He's like, there's nothing that is even, and he said that's what love was. So I don't care what the church down the street said. I don't care what this denomination says. I don't care what that denomination says. I don't care what New Age says. I know what the Bible says. I know what the Word of God says. And we've seen the demonstration. And God said, this is the example that I must do so the world will know how much I love them. And if you enter into this covenant... Then he says we must do the same. That's basically the, the, the definition of love. Is to give all and expect nothing back. In that, there is all kinds of promises and returns. But everyone always focuses on the promises and return. And they forget the whole middle concept of the whole thing. Everybody always wants the end. But the means is everything to do with it. Because you can't get to the end if you don't do the middle. So he says, we do not let a profit, prof, what we do is not make a profit in the kingdom of God. It's a waste of time. I don't care how many groceries you give away. I don't care how many kisses you blow. I don't care how many old people you take to the hospital. If you don't have love, it profits you nothing. It said it right there. Those are daily sacrifices too. Because you can do them without Jesus and without the fruit of it. And it really profits you nothing. It helps the person. Let's look into it even more. The gifts without profit are a waste of time. The fruits without profit are a waste of time. But if you have the fruits, you'll have profit. You can have the gifts and not the fruits and have no profit. That's what that just said, right? If I have the gift of prophecy and I, can, I have all knowledge, words of knowledge, I know everything about somebody, I can, I can pick, pick off a false prophet right off, Right when they open their mouth, you know, you're a seer. But if you have not love, it's not going to profit you nothing. And then people that are real, in real love, the false church, the false Christians say they're not in love. But God's loving on them and blessing them. Something's wrong there. Why? Because they have a carnal mindset of what real love is. Because they've never really met real love. Because when you meet Jesus, really meet Him, I mean really understand His love, you obey Him. You know what the Bible says, and you don't argue with it. But people want to try to love without knowing the Word. And Jesus says, what greater love does one have than laid on his life for his friend? Then He says, who is in the love of God? He says, you say, me, say you love me, if you love me. You obey me and keep my commandments. Then he says that, all these other things. So it's like, okay. But it's not that, because you can do all that too, out of love, and it profits you nothing. You become legalistic too. People know the whole scriptures, but they're doing it without love. There's a difference. The whole thing works together. It's a, it's a symphony of the, and the Holy Spirit moves. False love is the kingdom, is, is the, kingdom is the source you're motivated for. 
the source that you're doing it for. That's what represents what the real love is. You can do all the things on the outside, but if you're doing them really for you or to look good or to fit in or to make people think you're lovely or kind and you're nicer than the other guy that has to preach the gospel or has to call out the sin in somebody, makes you look like you're more spiritual, that's what false church, all the deception that they do. So, what are we motivated to with the sword? It has to be God. The cross, list means the cross list means no cross gospel does the same things for different sources. How many know that everybody's starting to leave the cross out of their preachings now? That's what the big thing is now. Because once we preach the cross, people scatter. John 6, 6, 6. Jesus said, pick up your cross. And the multitude ran away. Once you say you got to cost, cost you everything. That's why I said the other day, it says the, the gospel without the cross means you didn't count the cost. You don't make it. There's no way to love without picking up your cross. It's impossible. We don't have to get all bloody and have someone nail things into our flesh now. <clears throat> we have to let the Holy Spirit crucify our flesh. Now it says, I want you to be just like my son. <clears throat> what greater love does one have than lay down his life for his friends? Oh, but then he even goes further on and says, what? To lay down, to love your enemies. Whoa, then it goes, it goes like, it goes layer to layer. Once you think you got love, I'm loving now. It's more and more. Until you, the Holy Spirit's got you crucified, that your flesh doesn't even make the decisions for your life anymore. It's just your spirit. Then you're, you've, you can say, I'm profiting now. That's when Jesus was the biggest prophet. His words were amazing, but his biggest prophet was... When he died on the cross, that's when all power was taken away from Satan. It was when the blood was shed on the cross and he gave up his life for us. You want to see the glory in your life? Give up your life for other people. And God's not even saying you have to crucify your flesh. He's saying you've got to crucify your flesh in the Spirit. But your flesh isn't the Spirit, but that is what he's saying. It's like deny your flesh so your spirit can... Be the one that guides your life. Your flesh never wants to do things for other people. Your flesh doesn't want to go on mission trips. Your flesh doesn't want to be here today. But if you love God, you're here for Him. But if you're here for other reasons, it never lasts. Judas didn't last because his affections were not real. If he would have loved Jesus, he would have never, he would have never betrayed him. If we love each other, we'll never betray one another. People in the body of Christ are betraying one another all the time. And Jesus says, what you've done unto the least of these, you've done unto me. Well, how much more? The least of these that's not even a Christian, but one another. So, people say, oh, I love God, I love God. Their lips. And Jesus said, they, speak, they say they love me with their lips, but their heart's far from me. Love has everything to do with your heart. And your carnal mind can't understand it. So people manipulate and put witchcraft on people because they, they love them because they want their love back. Right? So 
I'm going to, hey, I'm going to be nice to this person because they really mean it more. I've done that all the time. And if that don't work, then you're like, then the offense is like, eh. I'm going to try. This is my last thing I'm going to try. I'm going to, this person is so mean to me. Let me try to love them. I'm going to be nice this day, everything. And if that, then I know they got issues. And then we test it, but we then we like, we let them go. Like, all right, that person's done. I've done that so many times when I was an immature Christian. I'm like, I'm going to do everything. Get them a drink. Make it even obvious, but not obvious enough. Be really nice because nobody really wants to be nice to mean people. Everybody, it's easy to be nice to nice people. You see someone in the, in the elevator and they're nice. You, know, you want to, your flesh wants to be like, and back in the world you'd be like, start to cuss them out. So now you're just like, but you still feel it in your mind. You still think it. You're like, oh, what a nasty person. But when you're, when you love God, you start to love people. Not for what you can get back, but what, because of what He gave us. False love is, a, is the kingdom, is the source that you're motivated to do in who and why you do it. The crossless gospel does the same things for different source. Then it's not real love. It's counterfeit and worldly. So the false love gospel, they began to preach about you. No one's motivating you to pick up your cross. You're being motivated to become great. You're being motivated now from the pulpit to get rich. You're being motivated now at the pulpit to... to to, to know how to get along with people. There's nowhere in the Bible that says, hey, this is the steps to how to get along with people. The answer is love. And, and so how do I love? Pick up your cross. God, we make things so common. We do a 20-week a, a series on, on depression. 20-week series on how to get along with your coworker. That's That's what they're preaching now, things like that. A 20-week series sermon and then they put it in a nice 20 pack CD case and it because it's so it's a big series it's 49.95 <laughs> and then real love doesn't sell something that benefits others see the woman with the the oil that broke it at Jesus feet she could have went and sold it and gave it like Judas wanted for the poor you know, a lot of people think Jesus had a problem with money. He might not even have the biggest problem with money that you think. He had a problem with his heart. Why? Because he even threw the 30, 30 pieces of silver back and he got tormented. Because he even said, hey, he was given to the poor. He said, hey, we could have used that for the poor. So he was doing things for the poor. But his heart wasn't for Jesus. You see, we can do all the things that we do and it would look to everything. All the other disciples thought Judas was just like them. Jesus knew he wasn't. Because he was connected to God because he was God. And he was connected to the Spirit. And we're connected to one another. So in this connection, we know true motivation is. And people on the outside and people without the gifts cannot really be established in their mind. And then they think people are judging them, but we're discerning by the Spirit. And people don't want to waste time with people that don't really want to love rightly. And then they get judged. Jesus got judged by the Pharisees all the time. And the people of the false love are the real Pharisees and Sadducees, but they want to tell that Jesus is that type. They got mad at Jesus for forgiving the woman. Because you know what? God told me this here with that given, forgiving the woman. He said this, usually it's our sin that brings us to God. 
And it's God that brings us from our sin. It's very interesting because everyone points at sinners, but it's like that sin it is really before we're saved is the blessing because when the Holy Spirit shows up, there's a conviction. And if people's heart is right, sin has no power over the power of God. So sin, when they recognize it, because that's why we have to have the law, because without the law, no one knows they're sinning. So the law is established, but when we, when we meet Christ and we hang the law, all these two commandments is love God with all your heart, mind, body, soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. And we're going to see that in a minute. So he says this, Prophet is manifesting the fruits that we obtain by what we are doing for the advancement of what? A lot of people love because it's the advancement of themselves. I'm going to love somebody because I want them to love me back. I'm going to like somebody because I don't like not to be liked. So a lot of our motives are not the cross, they're selfish motives. And the church does that all the time. The Jesus says if the world loves you, you might be just like them. He didn't say it exactly like that, that's what he meant. He says that, he says because they, 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 they killed all the real prophets. Beware when everyone likes you. When everybody says your name, why is he saying? Because they're in false love. Because you're deceived, you think, because everyone likes them and they get along with everybody, like some people on TV, and everybody shares their name and everyone pays money to go listen to them, that God likes it. Or that, it's, that they're loving and kind. And they're so kind, but it's false fruits. But they don't preach the cross. So they're false. A gospel without the cross. You can say everything. They're preaching everything around the cross today. They're over on the left side of the cross, behind the cross. Because they're preaching about glory and, and manifestations. But the, it's false if it's behind the cross. Because none of that... There's no glory until after the cross. Jesus' glory came in us when Jesus died on the cross. Glory came in you when you went to the cross. And without the cross, there's no glory. Jesus went back into glory, but he had to go through the cross. Then God says, if you want to walk with me, you got to walk through the cross. People walk around the cross. They identify what Jesus did on the cross. And they recognize what the cross is all about. But they're like, I'm not picking that thing up. Jesus did it for me. But it, and then they'll throw out to you, it is finished, brother. Oh, if it's finished for you, then why don't we just get saved and throw the book away and live like we want to live? It is finished. That's the stupid. People that say that, you just got to tell them, oh my, you don't need to just go. It is finished. Jesus said it's finished. You have no right to say it's finished until you're finished. All these are false sayings and false doctrine that are deceiving the church today. And we have a narrow way. And that's the way that many hate you. <laughs> the narrow way is the hard way. The broad way, many follow. I'm going to follow cross. The broad way is the, the way around the cross. The narrow way is right through the cross, right to the cross, right at the cross and picking up your cross. Now, there's no way we can do this without God, but He does that in our participation with Him. If I'm going to Brazil tomorrow because I want to have a big ministry and a name, it profits nothing. 
If we do the things that we do for our own agenda or our own motives in our own heart, the Bible says they profit us not. Yeah. Jesus said if you gain the whole world, if you gain the whole world and lose your soul, because there's no way to keep your to to okay, if you lose and gain the whole world and lose and lose your what profit is it? There's no way to gain the kingdom without the cross. And people today want to say you can have both. But there's nowhere in the Bible that says I can have both. There's all kinds of places in the Bible where it says I gotta make up my mind. That I gotta count the cost. That I gotta buy the oil. There's all kinds of places where Elijah said to all the prophets of, of, of the time of, of, of Ahab and and Elijah drew a line in the sand and said, If God be God, serve Him, and if Baal be God, serve Him. There's nowhere I see in the Gospels about loving the world and loving God at the same time. Walking in the kingdom and being so, so relevant and so known and so rich in this life. It's, a, it's not the Gospel. So let us mix it. You got mixed you got mixed seeds, and mixed seeds, what they do is they grow a very weedy garden, and it says that when you have a weedy garden, the weeds choke out the good one, and they always do. They grow faster, they grow stronger, and they grow wild, and they grow and they choke out the good. So if you're hearing, if you're getting thrown good seeds and bad seeds every week for 10, 20, 15 years, what do you think your mind's going to be? You need the pure gospel. Just like many do the thing about eating a contaminant, you put a little bit of thing. We've seen all these things. And the same ones that preach all that, they trick people because they're not really living it. And they're not doing it. They're just saying what Jesus said. But if you think your gospel's pure, you, you, you're going to think it is because it's called deception. So we need to know what is the right. Word. What is the real gospel? What am I really supposed to be going through? What am I really supposed to be feeling? What is this Christian life really like? Because if I turn on the TV and hear this guy, and he's saying he's got favor everywhere, he's got so much money that he doesn't even know what to do with it, he's got no condemnation about nothing, he's never, you know, everything's so easy, that's not what I read when I pick up the Bible. So what? God has changed in 2000 and. I'm not going to say a year because I want this message to be powerful in 10, 15 years. A lot of people hear a year and they don't think it's... Jesus spoke 2,000 years ago. That message is still powerful today. Just look at this and you can measure when it is. Or it'll be on YouTube still today, but anyway. But that doesn't matter. Anyway... Prophet is a manifestation of the fruits obtained by what we are doing it for the advancement of what we're doing it for. The crossless gospel does the same things as the different, but for a different source. It's not real love, it's counterfeit and it's worldly. Let's go to John 15. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Jesus said, I am the true vine. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it and brings forth more fruit. So, 
Where do you think Jesus is? He's not there anymore, but where do you think you meet Him at? When I got saved, I met Him at the cross. He's not there anymore, but that's where we go to meet Him. Because what do we preach when we want people to come to Jesus? Jesus died on the cross for you. Do you believe He died on that cross and rose from the dead? And then he says, if anyone comes after me and picks not up his cross and denies, doesn't deny himself, he is not worthy to be my disciple. So, the fruits come from the cross. If you stay connected with your, because that was the most humblest time in your life, is when you got saved. You can't even say you really got saved because salvation cannot, because tomorrow you can get the mark of the beast. And when you encountered God, when you got born again, when you became, it says anyone who calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved. But how many know that salvation is a lifestyle until you die? Many people think it's a prayer that saves them, but then they live for the devil. Judas thought, what did he think? Judas was following Jesus. Jesus blew the spirit into Judas. Oh, Judas did some miracles. It said all the disciples did mighty works. All the ones that were following him. Some were going out and casting out demons. They were doing stuff. Even in Jesus' ministry, Jesus was sending them little places and seeing what they do and come back and getting the testimonies and, and asking them, you know, what happened? Oh, these two. Hey, those guys are preaching and I knew Jesus wasn't there right and they said they're preaching and then Jesus said and Jesus they came back to Jesus and they said Jesus uh, we couldn't do it oh so it wasn't like they were right next to him he was sending them hey go down that street and go because he was training them and I'll come back so what happened haha <laughs> you of little faith some demons do not come out with prayer what's that sacrifice Prayer and fasting, what he's really meaning, it's like, oh, I'm going to pray and fast five days and I'm going to be casting out demons. No, he's saying your, your daily cross. Your relationship with him is where more power and more anointing comes. It, it isn't on how much you know about what he did, it's how much of him and you are one. So he says this, and that's what the, he is the vine, and the vine is at the cross. And if you're going to be a branch, you've got to stay humble at the cross. He says, and branch beareth fruit and purgeth, and he that bringeth more fruit. So, he, he's a God of multiplication. Get some fruit. That's when we're happy, when we got a little fruit. Oh, look at the fruit. Man, that guy, you see, I got the other guy cussed me out. And I just smiled at him. And you go home, you're so happy. And then God's like, okay, cuts that branch. Now you're bare, and you, and the next time you get in another, rah, rah, and you're like, oh, I thought it would. We, we do that, and that's called the, the process of fire. Cause, and then we're all looking at ourselves, I'm never going to get any better. And we go home, and he's and it's like, I thought it was. And then, but all of a sudden, now the branch starts growing, because you're, you're abiding in him. Now you have three more fruits. Now you don't even listen to them. Now you're not even thinking of it. Now they don't even exist. You're walking out, you didn't even notice somebody even talked bad about you. Oh, you're getting more. And there are people like, 
Man, poor. Everything I do, that poor. I can't get him mad. I can't get him mad. The devil's like, oh, you're a work. Man, I do this. I, I try to cut him off and I cut him in this. I even, um, you know, at work and do this. And I know, you know, that person hates when I shred paper right there when they're on the phone. I just, you know, and all, oh, whatever you do, because we, well, whatever, right? And you're like, that's what the people do. And you're like, you don't, and that used to bother you before. And you're like, wow. And then you get to something really bigger that you really you couldn't take, and then you get a little bit, a little get a little bit, and you get a little bit, and you're like, oh, and then you think you got fruit, or you go on a mission trip and there's more power. Now you're just lifting up your hands and people are falling. Oh, I've I've arrived now. I've got the anointing really strong now. And then you come home. Everyone gets excited before a mission trip. I want to see the same excitement. Everyone's because no work, this, we're going out, we're going, what are we going to do? But if we can really, if when we're dead, we'll live like that every day. Because now you're starting to feel the glory come on. God's starting to speak to you. He's preparing your heart because you're going on a mission. They were, Jesus was sending them out. But when they came back, they're like, oh, I don't want to go out again. I don't want to do that again. Until... They started seeing the benefits. When they were being defeated out there, Jesus, how come? Well, a lot of us are defeated out there because we're not picking up our cross. So religion's doing all those things, but they're not having the benefits of the fruit of love. It's not profiting them nothing, and they're not seeing the manifestations because of love. So he says this, Abide in me, and I in you. The branch cannot bear fruit except to divide in the vine. And you all know this. I'm just going to go fast to... Not fast through, but skip a little blue because you guys read this all the time. Abide not in more, as it says he cast in. Then, but I'm going to get down to the main part. They said, Abide in me, and my words abide in you. He didn't just say, I abide in you because you got saved. And I, Jesus loves me. Jesus coming to my heart. Yay! Finally, and it's done. It's finished, brother. No, it just started for you. Jesus said it's finished because he, he fulfilled his ministry. And he did what his father told him. And then that's when God says to him too. Know why God said to him before he even went on the cross? Because he already knew he was going to do it. God knew he was going to do it before he did it. Or he wouldn't have had him do it. Because then God would have been a liar. Because it was God himself. So God said, this is my son who I am well pleased. He didn't say, uh, go be affectionate to other people. He said, What did he say? Right, and what did he say after that? Listen to, him. listen to him. How many of us are listening to him or listening to somebody that thinks they know all about him? We need to be listening to him because that's what real love does. And then he'll tell you to do something that doesn't look like love to somebody else, but it is. If you abide in me, it says, Herein my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. So the definition of being a disciple is, is the cross, is love. Is forsaking your own desires and what you want to do and doing what God's desires are and what He wants you to do. And then it's funny, He turns around and starts to give you your own desires. But if you do it for that, that's what people tell you then you never, you never have the gas to get to the finish line because you're starting out for the wrong reasons. If you're not madly passionate in love with Jesus, then you're basically in, in church for the wrong reasons. 
Because our whole part of being here is because we love Him. And he, he, he loves that when we are together. And He loves when we glorify Him. He loves it when He sees us bearing fruit. Because that brings glory to Him. It just said it right there. So when we really love like Christ loves, and love really God love, it, it pleases Him. The Father has, He says this, and glorify the bear much fruit and you shall be one. And as the Father loved me, so I have loved you. Continue, yea, in my love. If, oh, here's the key. People are out there are loving without the cross because it's impossible to pick up your cross if you don't follow the word. So he says this, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. So there's a lot of things that no one should say, well, you know what? For me, cream and coffee go together. I don't like it all along. Cream's good. Coffee's good. I mean, if I had, I had, but I have. But something about when those two come together, for me, I like it. Some people just like black coffee. Some people just like to drink, you know, cream. It's, well, milk. Milk is a form of cream. Milk is cream with water or something. Anyway, so, when you put those two together, but some people don't like them together. But God likes them together. And He's the one making the cup of coffee. Because He's going to drink it. He doesn't care what you like. Oh, but I like it black. Oh, but I like to do this. I like to minister like this. Oh, but I, I like to be affectionate. Jesus, everyone thought He loved Jesus, but Jesus knew He didn't. Your affection doesn't prove who and what you love. It's your actions and fruits. Jesus, Judas kissed Jesus. Many people kiss, kiss Jesus on Sunday and on Monday they're kissing Baal. Oh, so affection doesn't mean nothing. Come here kissing the bride, one another. Oh, I love you. That's a, Oh, I love you. Monday morning, God says, go do that and do this to the same person you said, I love you, I love you too. And you're like, oh, I'm too busy. Oh, you know, God, I have to do this and that. God, you instructed me to do this. Oh, God, I want to do this my way. Oh, da-da-da. It always comes back to you. That's not the cross. Your whole, the whole freedom in our life comes at the cross. Because once we learn to do what He wants to do, we're not in the way anymore. There's no more compromise. There's no more... Warfare that goes on. There's no more. We've already laid down our life. Then we walk totally in the Spirit because God is Spirit and those that worship Him worship Him in Spirit and in truth. So He says, If you keep My commandments, you abide in My love, even as I have kept My Father's commandments and abide in His love. Now how many know that's the same love? Because if it wasn't, then you'd be separating them when God is putting them together. This is My commandment, that you love one another. Man, let's find out what love really is first because I can love one another in a false definition of love my whole life and realize I'm not getting the benefits of the fruits of anything that I'm doing. And that's where people are like, God, why? Why? I'm doing this, this, this. God never said doing only this, this, and this shows your love. He says the cross. But you left your cross home. Yeah, you went all day for you, but you wanted it because you wanted something or you wanted that person to do something. It wasn't... Because you didn't really want to do it in your flesh. You want to do it in your flesh because your flesh is going to benefit from it. Keep 
that you love one another as I have loved you. So, we need to see how does Jesus really love? Because people take this out of Scripture and that Jesus said this here and then He did this, but they'll forget about the cross and they'll forget about boldly speaking out to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, boldly speaking to people that were in error, telling them they're sons of the devil. Oh, I can't believe He said that to that other Christian. But He was... Walk in love. So let's, let's really know who Jesus is before we try to tell other people what love is. People are in the pulpits today and on Facebook and all that. Oh, think they know what love is, but they don't because they don't really know who God, Jesus is. Until you really know who Jesus is, you'll really never know what love is because Webster only is a man and he's deceived and Webster is a bunch of manly wisdom and for, uh, what is this? I want God is talking about God's definite, God's love. Not phileo, not, what is the three they've... Agape. Agape. Agape might be the closest one, but there's still people who try to use the agape love about, um, uh, they say that love um, without um, expecting this is, um, you guys, that, anyway. And there's one other one, it's phileo, of agape, and what's the other one? Huh? Huh? Koine. Koine. Koine love, is that the other one? I thought they were all F's. Koine? Is, is there four? Is Koine it, guys? I don't know. Anyway. And filio, brotherly. Filio, that's the one I was, yeah. Yeah, fellatio, filio, and agape, or, and what? Yeah, it's like, what? It's only one love, according to Jesus. So I don't care what the world wants to say, and I say, well, you're this type of person, you're this type of person. Well, God, the Bible says we need to be like Jesus. What greater love does one have than this? That a man lay down his life for his friends. And he says, you are my friends. Oh, but he doesn't stop there, but they stop there at the pulpit. Jesus is our friend. Our Holy Spirit is a person. We love him. He's just whatever. It doesn't matter. We leave our cross home every day. I got the Holy Spirit. I got the joy down in my heart. Oh, and it's like there's a false joy because you have a false thinking because it's very happy to think you don't have to. The cross makes you sweat blood or sweat as drops of blood. The cross will make you freak out sometimes. The cross will make you think hard. But when you do it, there's the glory. You are my friends. If. If what? If you do what I command you. People try to take the Logos word and say, well, I'm doing this, this, and this. But God's like saying, I sent you here. I told you this. I don't even talk to you anymore. Because you never do what I tell you to do. You always do what you want to do. Because you're not humble. You're not at the cross. You want to really hear God? Go to the cross. His blood's crying out for you right now at the cross. Henceforth I call you not servants, for a servant doesn't know what the Lord does. Because when you're one with Him, how can you not know what He's doing? If you're one, in, if you're in Christ, if Christ is in you, and in Him you breathe and have your being, then you should know exactly what you're doing. But how come everyone around you doesn't know what you're doing? But you know, you think you know what you're doing. But everyone's picking up their cross and they're in Christ, and you're doing that out of Scripture. And you're like, yeah, I know what you're doing, but what are you doing it for? 
What is... Oh, yeah, yeah you're, yeah, you're having all these Bible studies. and What is your motive? What is your incentive? Oh, you're listening to that preacher on TV that people that are picking up the cross are saying, be careful. What, what's... And now you're saying that they're Jesus because they know Scripture and quote some Scripture. That's how you get an off because you want your... The, you want the gospel of your making, the gospel without the cross. When you have, if you're at the cross, there's there's no deception. At the cross, he said, "I have not chosen you. I called you my friends, and you have heard of my Father, and I have made you known of you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go forth and bear the fruit." So I just changed to say, "I have ordained you to love." Because we know the nine fruits of the Spirit, and one of them is love. And he talked about if that faith, hope, and love, he said at the end of it. And then he goes on to say, These things I command you, that you love one another. What's going on in the body of Christ now? It's horrible. People are arguing with one another, fighting one another, always proving what they're right and wrong. That's not love. Love doesn't prove its own. You'll learn not to waste your time with people that aren't in love. And you'll love them only if God tells you to say something to them. Because you're in Him. So if, if you're doing that, and you're saying, Oh, I love because I want... But you, God knows you're really doing it because you're trying to prove that you're right and they're not. That's not the cross. Your real motive is... Because really, basically, it they, they, they never really bears any fruit. It profits nothing because they go home... You laid it all out. You might have been right. They go home. They still don't believe you. Because God's not going to work with you because you're not in the Spirit. God's not going to work with you because your motive is just to be right. Jesus could have proved He was right when they were had Him in, the, in front of the people that were accusing Him and lying about Him, but He shut His mouth. Sometimes... You shut your mouth and God will prove who you are. When you open your mouth, you just prove what you're, who you are and, doing, and what you're doing it for. And that's what's going on. And God wants it to stop too. The world, hey, and sometimes you'll have to say some things. But it's the thing, it's like, do you have to have the last word? Jesus never had to have the last word. He had the word. And it's not always... The Word, that's the last word. But if you have His Word, that's the only Word that matters. Jesus was the Word. Just have the Word. And I'm not saying you run from everyone that's wrong or coming with a different... But you need to be led by Him. And if the world... If you were of the world, the world would love you. You're like, oh, that person... The reason so many people in the church hate you because they're of the world. The world would love His own. But because you are not of the world, and I have chosen you out of the world, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said unto you. The servant is not greater than his Lord. For if they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my sayings, they will keep yours also. Oh, that's heavy right there. Well, if they kept my sayings, they'll keep yours. Who am I? Nothing but at the cross, I'm one with him. 
People talk about the cross, get trying to get people saved across. Some people get saved at the cross, and they're not even walking with Jesus. Because you preach the cross, there's power. But he's saying this. If they kept my words, they will keep yours. So just say the word. Not 50 other words to try to prove you're right. And the, that seed might spring up in that person years down the road. But if you add all that other stuff in your flesh in it, because it says that the letter kills, the Spirit brings life, you can be all the scripture you want, all the proof, you're just killing your opportunity to see fruit manifest in somebody else. Because it's all about you again. Or your false definition of love to you is a pat on the back, a smile. Somebody, I know people, and I know we've been, it's like, they just don't get mad at nothing. But they were born that way. They're just like that. And we're like so jealous of that. We're like, oh my God, I can't. But there's other things in their heart. They're not perfect because believe me, there's things. There's issues. When people have to set their agenda every day and they're not, and the minutes God wants them to do something else or someone needs help and it, and it makes them angry, they're not walking in love. They're, it, it, I'm telling you, the minute we, we, we're so like, no, I do, this regiment that has, is not the cross, you can't be in the Spirit every day and have an agenda. And God knows your schedule at work and he'll, he'll, he'll give you grace to keep it. But all the other time out of work, He wants that time. And when you're at your job, He wants you also to be at the cross. He wants you also to be available to get up, to make a phone call on your break or do something. You're His all day long. And the problem with us is we don't love rightly. We love in our own concept. We love in our own mindset of our own sacrifice. Will I go on mission trips? Will I give my tithe? Will I do this and that? I'm great. And that was the guy said, I do this and this. And this guy came into the church and he's tearing his chest. And which one went away right with God? The one that constantly says that I'm not good enough, that I don't have enough, that I don't love enough. Those are the ones God's working for. There's too many self-righteous people around us in the church today. And until you really give up your cross, you're not going to be set free until you pick up your cross. Freedom's at the cross. The blood has power everything. Well, how about Jesus promised all these things? Why am I so depressed? Jesus promised me all these things. Why do I have issues with money and I can't give? Why, why do I have this and I have so much stress? Why, why Jesus said that I, I'm this and, and I get angry still because you're not picking up your cross. When you see the love of God, what He's done for us, there's no way you can be angry. See, we, when we don't pick up a cross, we'll get our focus off the whole gospel. And that's why Satan wants to do that. The gospel of self. My best life now. My, my, Jesus left all divinity. It says he, and then faith, false faith movement to preach. Yeah, he became poor so we could be rich. No, he said he became poor because he came into a wretched, sinful world to save us. And he left the glory of of all that, of the rich. It was nothing to do with money. It had everything to do with what He gave up to come down here to, to receive us. So we can have that richness, that wealth. That's what He's talking about, the kingdom of God. And it's not by observation. It's not by affection. It's by the heart.
of love. And I'm telling you the truth today. And he said this, if come spoken to you and the cloak, and, and then he says, now if I've spoken to you, that your sin will remain. The cloak of sin. He says, but when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth. Why are people not in the truth? Because they're not picking up the cross. The Spirit of truth is not going to wrestle with all the things you want to hear all the time. He doesn't say, I'm going to force you. He said, I'm going to guide you. What a difference between people and really saying, oh God, I never can't get off. God's got me. I'm a... He's not going to force you because then that wouldn't be the gospel. It wouldn't be free will. He'll guide you if you're, if you're willing to be guided. And He'll comfort you along the way. That's what He does. And He'll use other people around you to help guide you when you get off. But if you're full of pride and you know everything, you won't listen to nobody. The cross is the answer for all of our problems. Even the Spirit of truth which is proceedeth from the Father, He shall testify of Me, and also shall bear witness, because you have been with Me from the beginning. And you know this, that He said that also in John 15, but in the back of the Bible, He said, I'll send the Comforter, and the Spirit of truth will be, and He will guide you into all truth. It's that same Spirit. God is love, so the earnest essential of having love is having God. It's never what... Is this the speaker on in there? It's never what we do that moves God. It's why we do it. It's why we do it. People want to try to move... I did this, 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 and then they get mad at God when things don't go their way. But it's not... A, if I do all this stuff that God's going to do all this stuff for me, that's not love, right? It says... That's that, that, that saying I'm trying to pull up right here, you guys. Love unconditional. That's conditional love. God, look what I've done all for you. Now, God, you have to do this. That's what the world's false love does with each other. Hey, man, I, I covered your shift, man. I need my shift covered. You're not going to do it now? Well, what does that mean? Did you cover that person's shift because you want one in the... In the, in the in the, what do you call it? In the, whatever, in the, in the gun chamber or whatever. And a lot of things, you know this, Jesus says, if you love people, and if you go read, and James, I'm not going there today, there's so much things about what love does look like. If someone's desolate and naked and poor and cold, and you say, oh, pray for them, or you actually do something for them, that shows love. But you can, and then it, but it goes, we're, we're going deeper today, because you can do all that too, and not have love. As he said, you can sacrifice because you have to be obeying God. God might tell you not to help somebody. What is love? Helping them or obeying God? Which one outweighs the other? Right. Because God will have you do the thing, the right thing at the right time for the right motives. What if helping that person that day gets them to go find that money under their mattress and now... They're dead because they OD'd. And God's like, don't help them get a ride to that. To that, They're really going to pick up a prescription. They lied to you. It's happened to us before. The lady trying to take us to the pharmacy. And all this, and we're like not feeling in the spirit. Religion and love say, oh, the poor lady, she's, 
she doesn't have anywhere to go, and she, we need to give her a ride, because religion says that's what love is. God said, no, don't give her a ride. It's not good for her or you or the spirits that you're contending with. Which one was love? Letting go. Letting go, obeying God. That's what love is. God wants us to uh, love to abound in our hearts. So if we do all right things and the right words and do all the right things but have not love, it profits nothing. Abiding in the Spirit, love without God is legalism. That's all it is. Love without God is legalism. And all them false people, they're in legalism, but it's false legalism. Oh, no, no, look it. Look how nice. God never said love is nice. He said when, you, when you're in the fruits of the Spirit, kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. But He separated those two. You can have kindness and not have love. Because He didn't separate love with obeying God and loving God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. You can be kind and not even be God. I know people in the world that are kinder than people in the church. Doesn't mean you're in love or walking in love. You guys need to know this because if not, you'll be deceived. Because many will say they're of Christ is here and Christ is there. He says, you, and many false apostles will rise and deceive many. See what greater love. False love is a selfish love movement because it can't tell someone the truth. Then you, don't, you love yourself more than you love Him. Telling the truth to somebody is probably one of the most signs that you're connected to love and you're loving. See, it's always been God first. It's always been God. You can't love anybody before you love God first. You can love like the world. You can be affectionate. Jesus was affectionate. He kissed Jesus. Didn't feel anything wrong about it. People come in the church all the time. The mega church is the big church. Hugging, kissing everybody. Holy kisses, or I call them unholy kiss. That wasn't a holy kiss that Jesus got that day. That was a perverted kiss because his heart was perverted. It wasn't even really about the money. He would have betrayed Jesus for nothing. They offered the money. He just said, ah, what a benefit of this, this betrayal because I'm already going to betray him because his betrayal started in his heart way before he took any money. See, there are other religions, they sacrifice their life, but they also cause is done for hate. Selfishness. What, well, why do other religions, without saying any, go blow up, murder, martyr, they call them, but they're murders, and kill innocent people because they promise them a, their eternal life, which is a lie, and they seven things of the flesh, selfish things. God doesn't tell... God doesn't promise us nothing but Him in eternity. And there's nothing more we need. It doesn't say, you'll have you with all your lust of the flesh, and you'll, be, you'll have seven wives, so you're being led by the flesh. Whatever you're doing, no matter what sacrifice you're making, it's not love. That's what He's saying, things like that. You get burned at the stake. Why are you getting burned at the stake? Are you laying down your life for Jesus and, and, your, and your brother and sister? Or are, you doing, are you laying down your life for something more for you? And that's what people do in their daily life every day. And that's what false love does. I'm just about done. One last passage. Y'all can stand up. 
The end fruit is hate and false. Anything false, the end is hate. Because if you're in false love, you end up at the end loving yourself more than anything else. The proof of that love is not just what you do, it's who you do it for. That points to the cross. Why we lay down our life is to gain His. That is the full expression of love. God says, what am I going to do to let them know that I love them? I can't just tell them nobody believes things I say anyway. I'm going to have to send my son. How many here would lay down their child, even as a young child, send them to die for someone else's child? God did that to show the highest example of love. He said, what greater love does one have than lay down his life? For another, for his friends. And then he says this in Matthew 22. When the Pharisees and everything were coming and attacking him. And they put. And they heard that he and the Pharisees put, they were put to silence. Again and again and again. Because he didn't argue with them. He gave them the word and was silent. One thing about them. If you're really being moved by the Spirit. God will give you a word that will make them confounded. And they'll just have to go away. And figure out another way to try to attack you. They gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master. And you knew right, right there, he wasn't his master. He was a lawyer and he was trying to find fault in him. So he's kind of mocking him. Pastor, right? Or, oh, apostle, right? Or, Whatever the false church you probably prophet says, Master, which is the great commandment of the law? And Jesus said unto him, See, he was thinking, Thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. And he didn't say, Thou shalt not nothing. He didn't say, no, thou shall not. He shall, that shall do. He said, that shall do. What did he say? Thou shall love thy Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. That's your whole being. You know we're made in three parts? Spirit, soul, and body. And, and this is the first and the great commandment. And then he said this. And the second is like unto it. It's like it. But what he's trying to say is, but until you do this one, you can't do the second one. Don't even try. And that's what counterfeit love and counterfeit church does all the time. That's what they do. They are great at this. But it's never pure. It's never real. And it's all counterfeit. What is it? Love your neighbor as yourself. They do love their neighbor because they love their self more than they love God. Do you see the counterfeit right there? They love their self more than they love God because they're loving for their own attentions, for their own reasons. And they put the people that really love God, that aren't compromising, that, aren't, that, are, not, that are laying their life down, that are saying the things of preaching the gospel and getting persecuted for it, and really doing what God tells them to do because they love God and they're obeying God. These people aren't obeying God, but they're trying to love their neighbor as their self because it's all about them. Do you see it yet? 
Because it's right there. That's why he has the one in order, this one first. And he says, Thou shalt love the Lord with all thy heart, all thy soul, and all that is in This is the first and greatest, the great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So, the problem is, when you cut the first commandment out, it's not the cross. <laughs> you're loving yourself, and that's why you're nice to them. You want something back. They said that's what the world does. They give because they want back. How many know that, you know, if the boss comes around or the pastor comes around, you start working more. You start vacuuming more. But you're, when nobody's around, you don't want to do it. Then you're not really love. That's not real love. Because God is always around. And everything you do all the time, He sees it. And then you want to you think about why you're not getting blessed, why doors aren't opening, why things. Because you're not picking up the cross. You're loving counterfeitly. You're loving in what the religious church tells you to love. People. But you can't really love people until you obey God and love Him with all your heart, all your mind, and all that is within you. It's very simple, but it's so hard. The revelation's simple, but it's not easy to love God. You're going to be hated. You're going to be persecuted, but they're going to keep your words because they kept His. You're going to be hated by your friends. You're going to be hated by your family. You're going to be told that you're not in love. They're going to be told, but God loves you. You're going to be told all these things because that's what they do. They see love only in the flesh, but God sees it only in the Spirit. It's a big difference. Let us love righteously today. Let us love with the God love. Let us have profit today for the kingdom of God. That's all He wants. Once we lay down our life, once we pick up our cross, there's nothing left but to love. Because there's none of us left not to love. And if we love God, we love our neighbor then. Then it bears and it profits much for the kingdom of God. Father, we thank You. And we thank You that all these two laws, all the laws hang on those two things. So, Father, purge our minds, circumcise our hearts, that you, we are the bride of Christ, that, that what greater love does one have than laid on his life? For, and what greater love did you have that you sent your Son and was yourself in earthly flesh to die on the cross, to be the Lamb for all of us? That kind of demonstration, what does it mean? Love is selfish, selfless. False love is selfish. Real love is selfless. See, people don't get that. It's not make my day and that. It's more like you say, make your cake and eat it too. It ain't like that. It's make your cake and give it away even when you want to eat it. So we thank you for it, God. Father, help us to stop to, to move in the Spirit that we can be really delivered. We can really be free. That we can really love. That anger can go. That our, our whole regiments can go and all the things that we go and all our little things that we know are wrong but they bother us and all these things got all these fears fears of money fears of friends fears of insecurity fears of anything that come against us in the cross they all go at the cross god i don't want to just pick my cross up 15 years ago i need to pick it up today Let's go back and start to pick up our cross every single day that we can profit so much for God. And Father, help us. There's no way to love you without your help. So right now, let's just ask Him. If you really love Him, 
Say, God, I love you. I want to love you with all of my heart, with all of my mind, and all that is within me. It's what you asked of me. I cannot do this without the cross. Father, I ask you to help me, to lead me into your glory, to the cross. Show me the way. Circumcise my heart. Change my motives. Change my thoughts. Align my doctrine up to your voice. Align the scriptures uprightly inside of me. Make me new. Change me. Deliver me. And set me free. And Father, grow more fruit out of you, Lord. And if I've been disconnected in any area, I ask you to show me that I'll abide in you, that I'll be at the cross, that I'll pick up the cross, deny myself, and follow after you. This is the greatest love, to be the servant of all. Father, there's no way I can do this without you. I surrender today. Save me. Wash me. Deliver me. Give me the Holy Spirit. You said all I had to do was ask. I ask today for more of the Holy Spirit. You said you wouldn't give me a stone. The Holy Spirit is the bread of life. You said it, God. That's the faith I want. To have intimacy with you. With your word. To be one with the cross. This is my desire. This is what I want. I know my flesh doesn't want it. But my spirit will win today. And, and the next day. And the next day. Help me to make this my ambition. Make this my daily bread. Make this my provision for life. Because everything that I need is in you. In Jesus' name. Amen.